Jordan back with starting a startup and man it is a quick one since the last time I did one so pretty excited about that I'm actually finally getting back on the eight ball uh, I don't even know if that's a good phrase to be using anyways so I'm really excited today to be able to talk because honestly I'm gonna give you a little insight onto podcasting life at least what it is for me and I imagine it's probably the same for a lot of people but here's how it works you just had a great day you have this really good thing that you're like, oh man I just realized this I should probably do a podcast about this because it'll help people. And then you think a lot about it and you have this like really great plan. And then you're like, shit, I'm not going to be able to do it today. So I'll just put a note down about this. And then you go back to it like two days later and you have to try to remember that aha moment passion, which is really hard to replicate. Um, so you have to like kind of go through and you have to rethink all those pieces. And by that time, so many things have changed. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to even follow like, the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> so, uh, tonight I was actually on my way home after just an amazing day and I had a few things hit me that I wanted to talk about. So I'm really excited that I'm actually in the moment on this one right now, more than, more than my usual. Um, so anyways, uh, so today was our first time that we opened up the mega track to our public. So that was where we connect the two tracks. So, um, seven at 45, eight o'clock this morning, Zach came in on his day off and he and I, uh, along with Mark and Hazen, two of our fucking coolest customers ever, they're best friends, uh, they came in and we all just put the, uh, the barriers together. And I want you to think about that. So two customers that I didn't know before this, co this company started just showed up at our facility at 8 o'clock this morning, didn't ask for a thing, just wanted to be there to help out as we put the track together. Like, if that doesn't tell you that you have a good life, I don't know what the fuck does. Anyways, so we put this thing together and we raced the track and I mean, I had an absolutely horrible time on it. I was, I was terrible, unfortunately. Um, but the, uh, we, we, and then we identified the points on the track where there was some major concern and we talked about, okay, how can we make sure that people don't get hurt? Um, you know, what things can we say or do? Where should we have people placed? So that way, first thing in the morning when that track staff showed up, pulled them all in a group. I said, okay guys, it's our first mega track day. We need to be on it, because otherwise somebody could fucking die. Um, and it's like that every single day, so yes, somebody could die on our track, for sure. Um, but we had a much higher risk on this one, because there's a really long straight and then a hairpin 180 um, that you have to go down. And if if, it, if the blue track's on an indicator of people hitting hairpin 180s while doing like half that fucking speed, I didn't know what was gonna be better. So anyways, uh, surprisingly, today we had like little to no impacts. Um, I think the big thing was all of our real, true race enthusiasts and uh, gearheads came today. And it was really fun because they were all just really connecting with one another over this. Like, people who have never seen each other were carrying on like 15, 20 minute conversations about uh, how they were, what their race line was, and what they liked and what they didn't like about certain corners. Like, but overwhelmingly, everybody fucking loved it. And it is a fantastic track to run. Um, so we put a contest out there is whoever has the fastest time today is going to get a 10 race pack on me for free. Um, and that was really, we just did that just to have fun, you know, like to be able to talk shit with one another type of thing and also have something to go after because we all like to compete. Um, 
So anyways, yeah, like eight o'clock this morning, we change out the track, we run it, we brief everybody, we tell them what we're doing, and we go. Now, two things that happen right away. Um, first thing we recognize is that it was going to be a lot busier than I may have thought right from the get-go, because we had people lining up at the front door. Um, second thing was, we hadn't loaded any of the specials in for the bar, and I had never done this. Um, and I thought about it, and at first it was, you know, it's a, you know, why the hell didn't somebody do that? Like, that, that was supposed to be, I'm not going to point fingers and stuff, but anyways, it was somebody's job to make sure that that stuff was covered, and it wasn't. But the way our team works, rather than getting frustrated about it, we look at it in a certain sense of, here's the example, I don't know how to do this, and the great thing is, is once I get this done, I'll know how to do this. So we look for that positive insight in that situation, and that really, um, that you know, that can define what a day is. Um, but anyways, so we have the mega track. Um, it, it died down pretty bad uh, when the Super Bowl started, so um, which was fun. We get, you know, when it's really slow, we get a chance to really connect with the customers because you know you get that kind of one-on-one -on -one time stuff, and you can just chat with them, and you build some pretty awesome friendships doing that in this industry. It's it's a it's a really cool place to be for sure. Um, but I just got home. It's 9:30, um, which you know, not too terrible. And you know, that is just to give you a heads up. If you're looking at ever running something like this yourself, that's something you better be prepared for to happen seven days a week. Is days like that for a long time. Um, but I'll be honest, it's really not that fucking hard because it's fucking amazing to wake up for yourself, do what you want to do that day, and that's what generates your business. I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of businesses out there that are like that. Um, but yeah, anyways, so. As I was driving back home, I was sitting there and I was thinking about um, combat karting and high caliber karting entertainment expansion. So um, we're deep into the expansion, the extra 25,000 square feet. Still haven't signed the lease. I ended up sending a HVAC technician up to the top of the roof to check the HVAC units. That way I don't get in the bit in the ass again like I did on this last facility where they didn't, I didn't have them do a really in-depth check on the AC units or on, on the uh, HVAC units on the rooftop of our initial facility. And one didn't even have electrical actually ran to it because it was so fucked. Um, so we actually ended up having to spend about $27,000, I think it was, um, to replace that. Um, and that was just because I didn't dictate a good inspection. So we did that on this one, and we're hearing that there's quite a few issues up there. So hopefully it was a good decision for us to do it. But even if they'd have found it was in great condition, it would have been money well spent to have them inspect that stuff. Um, but anyways, so I'm looking at this, and... I'm trying to define like how long is this going to take me to build this out because I need Casey and Zach and Tyler and Evan. I need them heavily focused on running high caliber card and entertainment because I'm not going to be there at all. So I need that whole team to be really running that. So that means this expansion is going to be on me. And so that's going to be, you know, purchasing all of the equipment and the things that we need there, specking out the spaces, working with the architects, overseeing things with the GC, picking out designs, um, Staff, uh, building out the operations and the um, the staffing model and the budget and um, you know yes I have some help like I can have Dean get my initial liquor inventory loaded up and um, you know I can have the track workers if we're slow for a while they can help hang some of the nets or something or um, you know whatever it at the end of the day I'm gonna end up paying a lot more for hired out labor during this one to be able to help that stuff out um, but anyways I realized that that is a massive undertaking. Now, when we were over in Europe, we also had the high caliber carding and or uh, I'm sorry, the uh, combat carding stuff just absolutely fucking explode. Um, and we're realizing that we have to go on that. So uh, the filming's done, and it should tomorrow at 1 p.m. We get a chance to see what that actual release film looks like. And 
I've gotten a sneak peek, and I think I said this on the last podcast. It's fucking epic. Um, but anyways, once that's released, I gotta fucking go on combat carding. And I realize that's gonna take a shitload of my time to be able to get that, to be the business it's capable of being as fast as it's capable of being it. Um, that company, I do believe, is a multi-million dollar company before the end of this year um, in revenues. Um, so to do that, that takes a massive amount of effort and focus. Well, now I've gotta do both these things at the same time. And I'm realizing that I can't. I can't do both of those at the exact same time. Um, it would be very difficult to do it well. I would probably do a really shitty job and actually cost more money than if I just fucking hire a team that can do it. So I can handle the expansion and uh, recruiting a team to run combat carding. I cannot run combat carding and recruit a team to do our expansion. Um, because it's uncharted territory for that. Combat carding is not. I can hire manufacturers to build the product. I can um, hire a sales uh, a um, a sales team that is on commission base or something in the uh, entertainment industry. Or um, you know, I can. But what I realized was I can raise the capital to operate that business. We did that same thing with high caliber carding. I paid about I think it was three hundred thousand dollars out of pocket um, just paying for people people's. Uh, payroll and our our computer equipment everything I just I was just sinking my money out there everything I had in the bank um, and that was basically the same thing as if I were to go get investors and let's say have you know six months or 12 months worth of operating profit um, so I sat down and I laid everything out and I said okay this is how much money we need to be able to uh, this is what we're gonna pay for this position and this one and this one and this is how much we're gonna pay in the components and travel and you know I built out this giant budget for this and I came up with the end of the day that we need about 1.64 million dollars to build the team that I would like to have in two and a half years and I can build it all today and quite possibly they could actually get us to where I think we would be in two and a half years faster because if we hire properly um, people who are experienced in this stuff um, they'll knock it out of the fucking park um, com especially compared to me especially with my diverted attention um, in that meantime, I can put together these expansions and everything, and I'm just, as I'm going, I'm realizing, you know, how much money do I really need to earn, or to, do I need to raise? Because um, high caliber carding is a very profitable business, and we can bootstrap a lot of that stuff. We just really got, you know, we got to be tight on our money on high caliber carding side. How bad is that going to affect us if we aren't spending, you know, thirty five, forty thousand dollars a month on reinvesting back into the company with, you know, like decor and uh, updated components and trying new products and things like that like we could trim quite a bit of that away and it wouldn't be it, it would be perfectly fine for a couple months get to a point where that thing's selling some products and uh, generating some revenue for it so that it can be a self-sustained business and grow naturally that way um, now that's difficult that's that's how we did it with high caliber carding after we got the funding we'd we, we had, our loan ended up being, I think, for $1.9 million with high caliber carding and entertainment. And um, the overall project right now, we're probably sitting somewhere, I'm, I'm gonna take a stab at it, probably around $3 million we put into the, into the facility, not including uh, labors after we started up. But here's the thing with that. As we got to the point of where it was, uh, so where we spent all of my money, then all of a sudden we had to get these draws from the bank. And if you've been listening to these episodes, then you'll know, you know how that went. That was super fun. Um, we had zero dollars in the bank, and they're like, "Oh no, you have to submit draw requests." 
So we had to get a shitload of money as fast as we could to have money to spend so that we could ask the bank to reimburse us. Um, didn't know that's how that worked, so that was interesting. Um, but anyway, so during that entire time, I mean, we were operating on little to no capital. Um, probably the best thing that could have happened to us. It made us really be smart about opening, and uh, we, we really taught us how to be uh, thrifty with our money, but it fucking hurt. It was tough, and we made some sacrifices during that time that long-term actually cost us more money. Um, taught us some seriously, just some great lessons, but um, we ended up having to like redo things because we didn't put enough amount of money into something in the first place. The bar is a great example, just had to, or in the kitchen, had to revamp the whole damn thing. Um, what we were doing with the carts and um, what we were doing with like barriers and things like that. And anyways, like list could go on and on with that. Um, so I had to ask myself, do I want to go through that again? Do I want to be broke as shit and also be broke as shit on the side of the business that has 80 fucking people relying on it to be financially stable? Um, that doesn't make sense. That's a really, that's a fool's step. That, that would be very fool, foolish of me to, uh, to put the, that type of risk forward. It, the, and it's not any more significant of a payoff. You know, we could sell division, a little bit of uh, combat carding, um, sell it to a good person who's going to be a good advisor as well on the project. Um, then we also benefit from bringing some skills that has some, uh, some personal buy-in, um, you know, somebody who wants to see it be successful. So they take if they know they may be somebody, let's just say an attorney or a general contractor, you know, somebody that knows this industry really, or what some of the things that we work with really well, um, they're gonna help bring that professionalism to us as well just by being a part of an owner. And that it's in itself uh, could save us just as much money as we would end up um, sacrificing by like selling those shares and the profitability that comes from those shares later on. Um, so anyways, um, I reached out to some of the investors and I was asking some questions about, you know, like, um, you know, what they would, what, where I should go to, you know, try to find that. And I uh, found that I generated a lot of interest in it, significantly more than I thought. And I was able to get uh, confirmation of uh, people enough to invest in that full dollar amount uh, within 36 hours, uh, which was just kind of like, a, okay, maybe I'm missing something type of situation then. Because if it's that easy, then this must be really good. Um, but anyways, we're gonna be testing out the product Tuesday and everything, and I think that's gonna be what lets me make my decision because if the product's really fucking good right now, if if it's as good as I think it is, you know, I've just been hearing about it through the the engineers working on it. If it's as good as I think it is, like we're just gonna go to market selling the shit real goddamn quick, um, and with that we can just bootstrap it. But if it's gonna be some more development, we need a team behind it. Um, you know, we're. You know, I, I take that back. It's it either way. We're gonna put a team behind it because if we have the demand for it right now and it's great, we'd be putting a sales team behind it right away. That would be the main focus. Um, if it's not great, we'll bring in you know some additional engineers and you know maybe a uh, CEO of that company in. Um, and the budget has all that in there for the twelve months. But the thing is, is that's not gonna cost me one point six four million dollars all at once. I don't need all that money today. Um, so it would be really stupid of me to raise all that money. Like that's just, that's a long ways out. I, I'm confident I can be generating revenue to support that business, uh, within six months. Um, and that'll generate about, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere around $20,000 a month. Uh, and if I do it the way that I, I think I should. Um, so, I mean, if that's the case, then that's going to help pay a lot of payrolls right there already. So it kind of helps build the, the customer or the company's foundation already at that point so 
you have to take all these different angles into accountability. But in the meantime, I'm sitting here going, here goes 2020. It's gone. That's That day is, th this year I am booked. There's no way that I'm going to be able to have any free time and be able to successfully do all this stuff. And it's because I made the decision to say yes to a lot of stuff. And it made me kind of backpedal a little bit because, you know, it was 2019 was a, a lot of work. 2018 was a shitload of work. 2017 was a shitload of work. You know, multiple businesses, liquidating assets, um, selling properties, uh, moving jobs, starting a new company, you know, getting uh, funding and loans and now starting a second company, expansion with it. Like all these things has happened over the last couple of years. Like at some point, I got to stop and spend some time with myself doing the thing, the other things that I love independently and spend some time with my family. Um, you know, they're heavily involved in the business, but that's not always going to happen. And I need to start thinking about what do I want it to look like when that's not a thing. So I was trying to seek some consultation for this. And I realized that, you know, one of the big reasons why I'm there pretty consistently is to to, to make sure that we're financially stable, make sure that everything's going, because we have a lot of bills to pay um, until a lot of those things get paid off, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. Um, but I realized I was kind of going back and I was like, man, how fast can we reinvest with ourselves? And I started thinking about our profitability. I was like, man, in two and a half years, we can pay back our investment, the the, the loan we took. It'd be, it would be possible to do that with the expansion, with how things are, are trending. We have a return on investment in two and a half years. And after that, I mean, it's just un, just limitless with what we can do with that money. And I started thinking, I'm like, man, what do businesses do with that money? You know, do they just make a gigantic payout to themselves and then go blow all their money? Like, it doesn't make any sense, And but then it does. It's the good companies live below their means and keep putting that money in the bank account because that's how you become rich in the first place. If you have money and you don't spend as much as you make, after a while you have a lot of money and it never stops. And then that lot of money becomes a lot more money a lot easier because money makes money. So if, you're in, if you are in business for yourself and you're thinking about this, your bank account should be constantly growing. So I was talking with somebody recently who had said something about, you know, having X amount of dollars in the bank and because of that, like pretty much anything could happen, they'd be safe. And I was talking to my dad last night and he goes, if you have that much money in your bank account, you're a dumbass. You should be reinvesting that. That's a lot of money to just be sitting there. Um, and that kind of hit me like, wow, there's two big, big uh, very different schools of thought, a very risky one, but obviously the type that, yes, that is accurate. That would be what most of the people would advise you to do. Um, and then one that is ultra conservative. Um, and I realized I was moving towards that ultra conservative. Now, here's the thing though. The way I look at it is you can invest that money. Okay, say I got a million dollars. I can go invest it in fucking GE or Tesla or Bitcoin or whatever the hell is the you know popular stock right now. Um, and I might get a return of, I don't know, six, 8%, something like that. Maybe, maybe two, maybe negative 80, whatever. But you know where I'm going to put my money that I know fucking damn well it's gonna be successful? Back in me. I'm going to do things that investing in myself because nobody's going to work harder for my money than myself, which is something that's going to make me grow even faster and put more money in the bank account. And then it just continues that cycle of live below your means and make wise investments. And all of a sudden you have this extremely large business, but you got to remember what is it that you really want? 
Do you really want the very large business or do you want to live day to day? Um, there's something to both. You know, you're, you're not getting younger any day. Um, and when do you start to enjoy life? Do you do it after your body is decrepit and you're unable to actually go out and adventure and explore? Or do you do it now? And w while you can, as many times as you can, and you just experience life every single day. And that's really two very different things. Like, I guess for me, it's just, you know, building this business is my exploring. But there's so many other things that I don't know that I don't like, or if, if I don't like it. There may be things out there that I haven't experienced that I fucking love way more than what, like, than working, you know, 12 hour or 14 hour days and seven days a week. You know, right now, that's that's my favorite thing to do. But to be honest, there's probably other things out there that are way fucking cooler that I could just do a lot of. And I, so I was talking with one of my friends, Jerry Norris, and he was saying, well, what does your family want? I said, Man, that's a good question. You know, we've tried to talk about it a few times, but it always revolves back around to what does the business look like? <clears throat> so I went home that night and I asked Leah, you know, what she wanted it to look like. And she wants to uh, high cal there to be more high caliber cardians like. She wants it to be a bigger company and more people and more things to do. And uh, I also should add a water park. And that's what she told me. And um, anyways, so, you know, she's, that's the direction that she sees her future. Now she might not realize that, you know, another option is, you know, traveling and exploring, trying different foods and cultures and things like that. You know, she doesn't know what she doesn't know either. So, um, you know, I've got to talk with her over time about those different options and stuff to see if she finds interest in those um, and then, you know, try out a couple here and there if I want to go that avenue. Um, but then I asked Alyssa about it. And really, we didn't have much of an answer. You know, what did it look like? And we knew we really couldn't entertain it until certain positions were filled. And we knew that, you know, unfortunately, this year is gone. We're, we're going to be very busy and it is going to fly by with a snap of fingers. I mean, I swear to God, yesterday was Christmas. Um, and we accepted that. But... What's it going to look like after that? And when is, when, when is enough going to be enough? Because you got to ask yourself, why are you going to grow your business to be huge? What's the purpose of doing that? Now, I'm not advocating not doing it, but you just really got to ask yourself that. Like, I like building things. That's why I do it. I fucking love building stuff. I don't like finishing stuff. Finishing stuff is the worst. So if you look at any of my cars or any of my projects, I make them like 90% of the way great. And then the last 10%, that really important part, I'm just like, okay, I'm over this and I'm bored and I'm on to the next thing. Well, my job is in this company is to do that and hand that off to people who have the attention to detail, who have the operational fortitude to be able to implement that last 10% and it's what they enjoy doing. So that's why I do what I do. You know, for, for Jalissa, it's, you know, she wants to travel and she wants to be back into herbs and she wants to experience more of what life is and live into the mo in the moment right now. And I'm totally on board with that too. Fuck yeah. Like, so we've set, got some good options in front of us, but I realized this was going back to the car drive home where I was like, oh man, I just had this great revelation. I realized how many couples actually do this? How many of them sit down and say, what do you want in your future? What do you want us to look like in five years? What goals do you want to accomplish together? Can you imagine what that conversation would be with your spouse if you had that directly? Now, it's not this like, oh yeah, I know they want to have a lake house or whatever. Like, yeah, I just know it already. No, ask them that specific thing. Sit down, look them in the eye and say, 
what do you want to do in the next five years together? Like, what goal do you want to set? And let's just plan for it. Let's fucking pin it to the wall. And every day we walk by, we see it, and we tell each other we're going to do it. What is it going to be? Can you imagine how much stronger of a support system you would have if you were both aligned in that manner? Um, it's not easy. It's not, you know, because you have two people that may go want to go two very different directions that love each other a lot. And it can be challenging that way. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as you guys can mutually agree on a direction, you're going to get in that direction a whole lot faster. Um, so just something I would suggest. You know, I, I did this God, when I was probably... 22, 21, 22 was my girlfriend of like four years. And I remember we were walking down the sidewalk and it just, you could tell there was like a tension. And I said, what do you want your future to look like? And she said, well, I want to have, you know, a nice little house and I want to have, you know, three kids and I just want to have a, you know, a little life in a small town. And I was like, well, don't you want more than that? And she said, no, I didn't, you know, that's, I'm very happy with that. That's what I would like to see. And she's like, why, what do you want? And I was like, I want to drive my fucking Lamborghini onto my yacht and take off up my from my helicopter from the top of it. Like, it was a little bit different. And not that that's what I want anymore now, but at the time, like, that was a very different lifestyle. Um, and I was going to get it. You just fucking asked me. I was, I was going after it. And we knew right then and there that it wasn't going to work. And it was good that we had that conversation because we were both able to go find people that we do have the same vision of what our future is going to be. And we work together to have it. So we're both happier because of that. And goddamn, like, it, and does it work? I mean, there's, there's the phrase, you know, ditch the anchor, get a propeller with, you know, with your significant, or with your significant other, you know, your girlfriend, whatever. Like, if somebody's dragging you down, fucking unhook that chain and go because, God, having somebody that is aligned with you in your future and what you're doing and the next steps you're taking is the greatest thing ever. It is so fucking nice because everything then makes sense in life. So that's my big aha. I, you know, it was just this talk to your spouse, have that conversation, plan the goal and how you're going to get there. Live below your means, you know, just allow yourself to save some freaking money. Just, you know, make, make, uh, if your paycheck is $500 a week, make it $400 and have a hundred dollars going to a separate bank account that you never fucking look at and live to that. Because then at that point your wealth will grow. Um, but the, uh, last thing, last thing I want to impart on you here is I did have one other revelation and I just, just remember this as I was summarizing the others was as I'm going through this stuff with combat carding and high caliber carding, I realized that I was choosing a, uh, basically I have job offers in front of me. Do I want to be a uh, leader in our marketing or do I want to be a leader in, you know, high, do I want to be the CEO of combat carding or do I want to be the operations manager for high caliber carding entertainment to, for their expansion arms? Um, you know, what do I want to take? Because I really got to align heavily with one primary, one secondary, and one in third place that I might not do at all. Um, so I know how to allocate my time. And then I need to put in my time that this is what I'm doing that day. So like on Wednesday, I'm going to be, or I'm sorry, Thursday, I'm going to be blocking out my calendar. That's a day that all I do is combat carding. There's nothing else related to high caliber carding. I've got to create a new email server or a meet email address and uh, hire somebody to do a website for it and all this stuff. Like I've got a lot of work to do on that side. So um, probably Thursday and potentially Saturday, I'm going to do that. And then I think I'm going to be uh, taking myself off on Sunday so that that can be my day off. 
um, and I can spend that with the family. So tying all those loose ends. But um, the idea of treating the opportunities in your life as a job offer, you know, what what's in the benefit for you? Is it something you want to do? Are you excited about it? How like what time do you have to get up in the morning? Like how flexible is the schedule? All those things taking any time you have an opportunity in front of you and thinking about it as like a job offer or uh, what you would apply to, you have to be you have to be less comfortable in what you're doing. So you have to be in, a, in like a job you either don't like or you feel stagnant in um, before you entertain another opportunity. Otherwise you would be, you wouldn't entertain, I wouldn't entertain expanding if I just opened the doors yesterday. Like I'm focused on making sure the business is running good first before I'd ever expand. Um, so that I, I'm at a point where I'm realizing that you know the operations of the business is going really fucking well. Zach and Casey are absolutely fucking killing it leading that place. Um, it's just it's been phenomenal. Um, so now I can step away to that expansion and you know work side by side with Jalissa on picking on planning that whole thing out. Um, and that's where you know I'm I'm interested in what that is. That's my new driver, anyways. Um, so anyways, guys, I started pulling things in the weeds, and to be honest, talking your, by yourself at a wall for now 29 minutes, it, it gets very difficult to do that, so um, I'm going to start dialing these podcasts a little bit back some on the amount of content and try to cover smaller things piece by piece, but thanks for listening, guys. I hope you got something out of this. If you did, please refer recommend it to a friend. Go out there, kick some ass, have some fun. I'll talk to you later. See ya.